Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is off today. He's fine. His health is fine. Just to let everybody know. Because people were messaging him. Are you okay, man? Yeah. Because he had to leave the show yesterday. Yeah, he is fine. Uh, if anything, he feels like he's missing out on the fun of covering this Martha's Vineyard story. Yeah. Because it's fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. So Governor Ron DeSantis paid to have about 50 migrants. It's, it's actually not even 50. I was kind of surprised. It's 48. Mm-hmm. I mean, we round things up, right? Okay, so 48 migrants wind up on Martha's Vineyard, the playground for some of the wealthiest people in America. And yeah, the people who live there year-round are generally middle to upper middle class. They're not all multimillionaires. There's a lot of people in the service industry um, but uh, it is some place that is near and dear to a lot of wealthy liberals' hearts. Okay, Absolutely. And that's why it is so funny that even though there has been an ongoing crisis for more than a year, for actually more than a year and a half now, at the southern border, and you've had little towns like Del Rio, Texas, little towns like Eagle Pass, you've had major metropolitan areas like San Antonio, Texas, that have been impacted by this border crisis. It was never a big deal, and it was barely a big deal when it started affecting New York City, Chicago, and D.C. Got a little coverage, but but it wasn't end of days. But the powder keg did not really go (laughs) until until 48 migrants landed on Martha's Vineyard. Boy, that really shows where everybody's priorities are, doesn't it? Yes. It really does. So now this morning we're getting the word that (laughs) not charter planes, but they've brought in charter buses to take those 48 migrants off the island and onto a nearby military installation. While congratulating themselves on being so welcoming and loving. Yes. We treated you well for a day. Now get out. <laughs> Basically, we gave you uh, we gave you some eggs, some biscuits and gravy. We mm-hmm. gave you a cot for a night or two. And now get the hell off my island. That's what they yes. told them. Yes. That is hysterical. Oh, my goodness, man. Again, David, half my dream's complete. I had asked a couple of months for Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons. Yeah. The Hamptons has to be on the list. It does. As a matter of fact, somebody came up with a great list of places to send people yeah. that are here illegally. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. But but there is one piece of audio I thought that really encapsulated the whole thing. Oh, yeah. A uh, homeless coordinator on Martha's Vineyard uh, said that the island doesn't have the resources to help them long term, and they'll eventually have to move somewhere else. And, well, that happened this morning. Uh, Lisa Belcastro was speaking to reporters yesterday about the community response to the newly arrived migrants, and here's what she said. At some point in time, they have to move to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants. Hold on. Who does? Right. Do you think all these other towns, in whether it's Texas, Arizona, southern states, they just have the resources? Right. They've been busting at the seams. They've been screaming at the top of their lungs. For months, you could say years now, 
we can't handle the influx of people. So maybe that, well, is heard now after you say this. Um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island. And You're in a housing crisis? Yeah. Martha's Vineyard. Well, that's new news for the rest of America. And so the, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. Hmm. Don't have housing for 50 more people. And this morning, there was some drone footage that was put out courtesy of Fox News because they're the only national outlet that's really given a damn about what's happened around the border, and they get called racist and hateful for it. But <laughs> the xenophobic. They had a they had a drone of of it's 500 people in total overnight coming across the border into South Texas. Yeah, it happens every day. What in the world do you, do you think locals are just like, yeah, no problem, we can handle this. You know how many hundreds of people are sleeping on the streets in El Paso? Because they're full. They have nowhere to put the people coming across the border right now. No, we've seen the video. And the Democratic mayor is bussing people out of El Paso. Yes. Why? Because they don't have the resources. <laughs> they're out. They're out of room. Okay, right. they can't handle it. I mean, in San Antonio, <coughs> excuse me, earlier this year, they took an old call center uh, right in the middle of town, an old like uh, energy company call center, and turned it into a homeless shelter because they were they were a, a, a overnight shelter because they were dealing with five to six hundred migrants that had no place to sleep. There you go, man. But man, the whining. And- and by the way, and complaining, and using people as pawns, political pawns, it's, and, it's evil. And, and and if you if you have a, you know, I, I keep hearing from people saying, oh, well, a lot of the people on Martha's Vineyard are middle class and whatever. OK, I can accept that, except at the same time, the median income for permanent residents mm-hmm. on Martha's Vineyard is three times that of the median income in San Antonio, Texas. Yes, you damn well do have more resources. Look at the Obama compound. You're yeah. telling me you can't house some people there? Are you kidding? Of course you can. There's all these mansions on Martha's Vineyard. You people keep saying you want everybody coming in the southern border. We support immigration. That's what makes us strong. That's our greatest strength is diversity. Well, you got it. Why are you complaining? This is an opportunity for you to serve the most needy. But apparently you don't want it when it's actually on your doorstep. Yeah, That's the great hypocrisy in the whole thing that's been exposed. And what did Biden say? Oh, yeah. he Joe Biden, the man who has overseen the worst and deadliest border crisis in modern American history, says that Republicans are interfering with what he calls an orderly <laughs> process. <laughs> okay. With Secretary Marks' leadership, we're committed to fixing the immigration system instead of working with us on solutions. No, no, no. No. Uh, no. He hasn't done anything. All he says is the border is secure, when we all know it isn't. Yeah. Okay? He should be impeached. You should be impeached. Because you haven't done your job. Republicans are playing politics with human beings, using them as props. Okay. Stop right there. I'm so tired of this. And I mean, it's not like I'm the first person to think of it, but I don't hear anybody saying it. The whole reason the Democrats are letting people in through the southern border, okay, is for what? political purposes we all know it and now you're saying putting them martha's vineyard political pawns 
Give me a freaking break with that. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. Just secure the border. Stop people from coming here illegally. Yeah. That's your job. Republican officials should not interfere with that process. Yes, they should. Absolutely, because you're not doing your job. They're forced to. Well, By waging a politi- these political stunts. <laughs> stunts. Yeah. Dude, I mean, there you are want Democrats. more? There's more. I, I, I mean, this guy, he, he's so shameless in going out and saying, you need to be working with us to do it. They've tried. They have tried. Republican and Democrats in South Texas have yep. freaking tried. They won't do it. And at every turn, this White House says, well, the border's secure. Dude, we had nearly four dozen people cooked to death in the back of a semi. Yeah. You did nothing about it. Democrats, you did nothing. You had two kids, five and three, drown on the same day. There's people that drown every single day. Yeah. Trying to get in. You don't care. You know what women go through often with the cartels and what we learn, even Mexican police, to just make it to the United States in this journey. And you encourage people to come. This is on you. I'm so tired of this. It's long overdue for Senate Republicans to come to the table to provide a pathway (laughs) for citizens, for dreamers. No. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Nope. No. That, you know, I, I was open-minded a couple years ago about the idea of a pathway to citizenship. Yeah. I, you know, I know it's not always popular for consumers of conservative media, but I, I thought, you know, okay, if somebody here was here when they were one, you know, and they grew up in this country and they want to be an American citizen, I didn't necessarily have a problem with that at all. Now I do. Oh, I yeah. I do. And, and Joe Biden has changed my mind. Because... Uh, to go the opposite direction because if you send out the message now that hey we're going to go ahead and make a whole bunch of people here illegally or not in right status with the government Mm -hmm. and we're going to make you citizens you are going to pour kerosene on this fire oh yeah listen man we all have our buddies you know on both sides and yeah more of my buddies are on the conservative side for sure but even you know, with different viewpoints on this particular topic, okay, because we've been talking about it for years. And I remember when Trump talked about some sort of amnesty and people started freaking out on the conservative side. I'm like, listen, I, we've been kicking this can down the road for so long, okay? At least if you say now, okay, if you've been here since you were born, whatever, here's your pathway to citizenship, but it stops now. If we would have did that five years ago, we wouldn't have this problem right now. Right. So that's what I say to my buddies. Remember when you're like, you can't do that five years ago. Where would we be now? But it's too far gone. What else did this clown say? And essential workers. We need to modernize our laws so businesses get workers they need, and families don't have to wait decades to be brought back together. Oh, my gosh, dude. Get this guy out of here. Just FBI figure out how to move along the process of the Hunter Biden laptop and all the business deals with China and get this guy out. There's been no president in our lifetime that's done more to destroy this country in a short amount of time than that freaking clown. Yep. Okay. Outside of that, pass the Tylenol. (laughs) We'll get to more of this a little bit later.
But I want to hear, you have a flashback. Yeah. Because you know what? Where the Democrats are really losing it, in my opinion, are with Democratic voters. Because they see the hypocrisy. Not the elites, but the working class Democratic voters. Yeah, it's something, man. Yeah. But you have a flashback piece of audio? Well, I mean, the Biden administration has been been for... uh, for months, for over a year, has been putting migrants on charter flights and dropping them off in the middle of the night all over the country. And these people have no idea where they're going, what they're going to do when they get there. That's right. They're just dropped off. And most of the time, these people, again, they had no clue where they were. Right. Uh, last October, if you remember, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked the then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki about it. And she got started. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 429 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking on. about early flights earlier than you might like to take a flight. <laughs> so was that cruel and inhumane like, like, political boss? Yeah. Wow, man. Much more to get to on that. Oh, Trump says big problems if I'm indicted. What does he mean by that? And did you know if you refuse to wear a mask indoors, it's ableism and racism? Well, of course it is. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today, and he's fine. Just missing out on the fun. This show is going to be interesting because there's more BS being spewed out constantly. Yeah. From this Martha's Vineyard thing, yeah. even though uh, the people here illegally that were flown there are already off the island. Yeah, they, they loaded them up on charter buses and cut the scary brown people off of their island. Wow, that, man. They, they transferred them to a military base now. Yes, and there's a GoFundMe? Yeah, th- somebody set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> no kidding. An urgent plea to help Martha's Vineyard migrants. <laughs> It raised $38,000. Wow, man. And, and, and that's the thing is like the, the, that money, where is it going to wind up going? Because the migrants are no longer there. So I guess it was to benefit the uh, Martha's Vineyard Community Foundation or something. Uh, I just want to read you one la- the, the last paragraph as this woman is, is begging for donations. For okay. one of the wealthiest communities in America, <laughs> um, or at least that houses vacation homes right. for the wealthiest Americans. Uh, she writes, <clears throat> Martha's Vineyard is a very special place for my family and me. My parents have a home there, and Dan Ruby and I spent her first year on the island. It's like, our, I live in New York, but we vacation in Martha's Vineyard, so... Yeah, please, it's very it's very personal. The downtrodden yes. people in the mean streets of Martha's Vineyard need our help. <laughs> they have no idea what they look like to the rest of the country. Yeah, and we'll get into it later. There was a piece at Daily Beast, and I shared it with you. We both read it, and the takeaway was the same. Really, the writer was saying, "Listen, that is a slam dunk." Okay, on the lips. Okay, may not agree with exactly how DeSantis went about it, blah, blah, blah. But it does show the hypocrisy. Because you think about it, man, this is also a story about the wealthy and just working-class people that aren't rich. Yeah. So when you have people with the bleeding hearts on the left, 
that don't make a lot of money. And they hear these platitudes all the time from their leaders, you know, saying, we got to be there for, you know, the poorest among us and and help them until it shows up on their doorstep. Yeah. And they're like, oh, get them out. This is Survivor. We vote you off the island. Get, get, get. <laughs> get on the bus now, okay? And so those people see the hypocrisy with the wealthy elite, which is hilarious. Okay, Donald Trump is saying if he's indicted, what? Big problems? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, he did say being indicted wouldn't stop him from running for president again if he decides to run. I think he probably will. Uh, this was on the Hugh Hewitt show yesterday. Okay. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. You've already I do. And that's what I want people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems. <laughs> big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not They will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. And I'm sure the bedwetters and the media and on the left, he's threatening the revolution. Yeah. I mean, if you're to ask me, am I going to go riot if he gets indicted? No, I'm not. I think most I of the people, most people would. No. Most people out there would not. Would there be people who would be so incensed that they would do something? Yeah, you have to price that into anything. Oh, any there'll action. be protest. Yeah, protest. Yes, you know, rioting. I don't see that. I just don't. And you wonder this whole dynamic, especially with this play DeSantis just made. Mm. Um, his his star is rising. Yeah, I don't know what that means for a primary. It, it's all going to be interesting to watch it unfold. Um, man, oh man, I don't even think we have time for this story right now. <laughs> Professor at Northern Illinois University makes the students wear masks in his class, and a refusal to do so is ableism and racist. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that from a white dude. Okay. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg's take on Martha's Vineyard. You got to hear that much more coming up. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial. David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, is off today. Scott Robbins. Expect him back on Monday, and he's fine, by the way. Uh, Martha's Vineyard, not fine. Uh, National emergency, really. Uh, Declaration of emergency. What? I'm serious. I know. Freaking out. I know. There was a humanitarian crisis for about uh, 24 hours. Because Because of 48 people. (laughs) 48 migrants get dropped off in Martha's Vineyard, courtesy of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and everybody loses their freaking minds about it. And by the way, the the, uh, state of Massachusetts brought in the National Guard 125 guardsmen to uh, handle 48 people. And Think about that. You have a high school graduation at your home. Yeah. You have more than 48 people. Right. We can't handle it. It's a crisis. I, I am still wondering because most of the population, you know, or a lot of the wealthiest who own homes on Martha's Vineyard are not there right now. Right? They're there for maybe a couple of months out of the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you got an empty house. Where are all these limousine liberals right now saying, no, man, 
Don't don't send them to a military base because that's where these migrants are going now. Stay in my house. Where's Barack Obama? Come on. Come on, man. We all know that's just a joke. That's just platitudes. But, They're but, talking about welcoming the poorest among us. But no our country has our arms outstretched to welcome people. Well, not my house. <laughs> but 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 no human being is illegal, right? Correct. You are welcome here. Yes. Okay. Except they said you got to go. Except, except, yeah, it was like one church group came together and made sure that they, the migrants got a couple of hot meals, a place to sleep, and now they're going to a military base to be housed. Okay. Do you want to go to Whoopi Goldberg? Because sure. that analysis, I'm sure, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing that really blew up the powder keg. I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me that it wasn't, it wasn't what's happening in South Texas. It wasn't dc or new york or chicago the thing that made everybody lose their minds <laughs> was migrants being sent to an upscale vacation spot yes seriously dude <laughs> i don't know how else to say it and it's so obvious a bunch of people that talk about how much they care about people yeah and how should we should be welcoming yeah and it's all fine and good until it affects me. Right. I don't even care if it's New York City, D.C. <laughs> okay, that's still... The the brown people are still going to be in the bad parts of town there. It doesn't affect me. Hold on! My vacation home? Are you crazy? Get them out of here. Right. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg on The View quoted the poem on the Statue of Liberty, because of course she did, and then went after Ron DeSantis. This is... Oh. It's art, man. This whole thing is art. Okay. I thought that was part of what we did here in the United States. We welcomed people, invited people who were going through crap in the countries they lived in, getting abused in the countries they lived in. I thought we asked people to come here. And I know that uh, Ron DeSantis's great-great-grandma arrived at, uh, at Ellis Island in 1917 from Italy. She also could not read or write, but no one gave her permission to come. She come, and we still took her in. Okay. If you, all right. <laughs> I know this because my, my, uh, uh, one of my family members actually is on the rolls at Ellis Island. It was really cool yes. actually going to Ellis Island several years ago. And, and look, you can look up the people who registered and signed in and all that stuff. Point being... I did the same thing with my wife. Yeah. Point being, yep. they registered there. Correct. They said, here's who I am. <laughs> okay, here's documentation. It was legal. The, the other thing is, Ron DeSantis didn't deport anybody. Nope. He sent them to a really nice island in the Northeast. Yes, I'm sure that the migrants that ended up in Chicago or D.C. are like, man, lucky you got to go to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, man. So I get that. I, I understand what they're trying to do. I get they're, tr they're trying to make a point. But it's these are people you're playing with. These are real live people with children and older people. And, you know, we can work it out. But if you're going to be a bonehead, yeah. who wants to play with you? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I call me crazy, but I, I don't understand. What well, who wants to play with you? What does that even mean? No. 
Now, how, see, how is that unloving? You're sending them to a great spot where people pay thousands of dollars to vacation. Why you got to be nasty about it? Why it can't be? We all know there's a problem. Let's figure out what to do. Well, hold on a second. We don't all know there's a problem because we're told repeatedly the border is secure. Yeah. Kamala Harris just said it this week. Mayorkas, Homeland Security says it all the time. Yep. You. You know, you want to know something that's nasty is what the federal government is doing to border communities. This is a report out of El Paso. Border authorities continue to release migrants near the Greyhound bus station in downtown El Paso as the number of Venezuelans and others arriving outpace the ability of El Paso area shelters to temporarily house them. Now, city residents have donated water bottles, foil wrap burritos, clothes, cereal boxes, coolers, blankets, and other necessities to the migrants. Um, uh, a, and a U.S. Border Patrol spokesman in El Paso said the agency has released about a 1,000 people in the past week directly to the street. <laughs> Just dropped them off in El Paso and said, well, see you later. Wow. You know, this also, for the millions of Americans that give money to organizations that serve people in these countries and have been doing that for years. Look at what's going on with this current story and just grin and shake their head going, okay, you care so much about these people. Mm -hmm. Did you ever care about these people before? You're using them as pawns. Give me a break, dude. This dude on MSNBC, political analyst. Are you familiar with Fernand Amandi? Vaguely, yeah. Dude, okay, so he's a political analyst. Listen to the take and tell me if you would ever hire this guy as a political analyst. Stephanie, that is not a political stunt. That is an act of evil. And it is an act of evil being done by evil men who are using children and good faith parents coming to this country, the land of the free and opportunity, like my parents did and grandparents did, and shaming them for political points. In the most cynical calculation, Stephanie, what's going on here is they're trying to change the conversation from the Dobbs decision overturning Roe versus Wade and making it about immigration. But it is the most cynical, cheap and evil tactic. And I don't think it's going to play here in Florida. I think Ron DeSantis overreached this time. OK, that's <laughs> wow. Um, I, I have so You're many different reactions. The graduating class of bad takes. Yeah. OK, so. So, first and foremost, uh, the border crisis actually does affect a hell of a lot more people than the Dobbs decision. Yes, it does. It, it just does. That's a fact, because the Supreme Court didn't ban abortion nationwide. There are states that will still say, hey, we'll kill that kid up to the moment of birth for you. Okay, the border crisis actually does create a drain on multiple systems throughout the country. There is a crime problem with that. You have people dying from fentanyl overdoses that are being shipped up from the southern border. Okay? It is yep. more important, period, full stop, no matter how you look <laughs> at it, unless your brain is completely rotted by your obsession with killing unborn children. The other thing yes, is... that's part of it. You, you want to talk about evil. Evil oh, is encouraging people to show up at our southern border by talking about a pathway to citizenship for people who get into this country illegally. 
That is yes. evil because you are putting millions of dollars into the hands of human traffickers and drug cartels who just don't care about the safety and well-being of men, women, and children who make this trek to the southern border. That Absolutely. is evil. I knew. That's why I didn't play that clip for you ahead of time. I just wanted you to react to that. It is. It's maddening. It really is. Okay. Um, oh, we should get to the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. This is fun. This back and forth. I'll let you set it up. This is, yeah. this is a lot of fun. So yesterday in the House of Representatives, an environmental activist uh, was testifying, and she got into it with Representative Clay Higgins from Louisiana. And he asked her a pretty simple question. What would you do with all the products and services that you use uh, that are available only because of petrochemicals? You're talking about how this is this horrible thing, oil and gas and whatnot. What mm -hmm. would you do with those products? Okay. What I would do is ask you, sir, from Louisiana. I'm giving you the to power. Search, You're presenting, to search you, sir, from Louisiana, positive. to search your heart when, and understand why the EPA knows that toxic petrochemical facilities My are some of the lady. most toxic, I, polluting trying, facilities in the, floor, the world boo. and are killing black people throughout Louisiana. Okay, so my so first thing would to be you to search you your heart consume. and ask your God what you are doing to the black That's and poor God. people no in Louisiana. If we're going to talk about if we're going to talk about the Lord, I ask that you search your heart again and think about repenting. Very quickly, I love the planet. Oh my God! I'm asking you, do you the fuel industry that owns your state is destroying the earth and the natural world so that's a long way of getting around to she won't answer the question right okay yeah so anyway socialist representative alexandria ocasio-cortez was not happy about this back and forth and she got mad well and in my opinion kind of stepped in it go ahead i have never seen members of congress republican or democrat disrespect a witness in the way that I have seen them disrespect you today. Please. For the gentleman of Louisiana and the comfort that he felt in yelling at you like that, there's more than one way to get a point across. And um, frankly, men who treat women like that in public I fear how they treat them in private. We can be better than this. Okay, a few things. Uh, what is a woman? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Just curious. So he was yelling at her, and that gives her fear? Is she saying, because you're abusive to women? So this person that is there to testify, she needs to somehow be shielded. She needs yes. to be treated different. Yes. Because she's female, but you're admitting she's female. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just trying to figure all that out. Okay, we got to treat her with kid gloves. Yes. She's fragile. Yes. Hmm. Okay. The other part, she's saying you don't have to yell to make a point, right? Mm -hmm. I fear how they treat them in private. But I need to count. <laughs> On. We can be better than this. Yes. We listen. I think we need a uh, we need a wellness check on that pudge <laughs> that she's getting married to. Because <laughs> he's probably a battered spouse. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! Like a bad middle school teacher right there. 
Holy smokes. Oh, and at Harvard, real quick. No, oh, there's so much going on today. At Harvard, they're telling students, if you use the wrong pronouns, that is abuse. <laughs> it's violence. It's actual it's... abuse. Okay. Who sends their kid there for that kind of money anymore? For that nonsense. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm assuming if you have a degree from Harvard post-2010, I'm assuming you're a dumbass. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter how much money you make at this point. Wow, man. It's a wild day. Uh, much more to get to, <laughs> including a story about a Tesla owner said he was locked out of his car. Just listen how much for a new battery. Coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Be back Monday and he's fine. Um, this is something. The press secretary saying Republicans aren't serious about fixing the problem. And caught in the middle, thousands of families fleeing violence, poverty, and climate change, looking for a better life. They're fleeing climate change. Uh huh. Did you know that? When yeah. people come up through the southern border and they're like, hey, man, why'd oh. you come here? They, usually you'll hear jobs, better life, opportunity. The climate change where I'm at, I'm just trying to get away from it because I hear in your country, it, climate change doesn't affect anything. Right. I heard about this Inflation Reduction Act that got passed, and I know that's going to change the weather in America for good. So I want to be here. That's embarrassing. Even for NBC, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. To put that into the script. That they're they're just trying to get away from climate change. My goodness gracious! Yeah. All right, what's the story on oh. the Tesla owner? Yeah, well, you know, we heard earlier this week. Hey, if you own a Tesla, uh, that's actually cheaper to own than an internal combustion engine uh, vehicle. Uh, oh yeah, now, that was Kamala, right? Yeah. So, a uh, Tesla owner in Canada said the battery on his hundred forty thousand dollar Tesla died. And that Tesla told him that a replacement would cost him $26,000, and they've locked him out of his vehicle until he gets a new battery. Excuse me. Yeah, $26,000 for a new battery. Locked out of the car, and uh, apparently he's not the only one who's had an issue like this. Uh, the car was bought in 2013, but models from 2013 and 2014 have issues with fluid from the air conditioning system leaking onto the battery. So that battery dies, and you're looking at a twenty-six thousand to thirty thousand dollar bill. Oh my goodness, man! And I know you recently did the math. Yeah. And if you were to get an electric vehicle, yeah, because you have truck, yeah, and it would take was it thirty years? Thirty years to even out. You know they 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 act like oil changes are some exorbitant amount of money. It's like you do an oil change a couple times a year, it'll cost you what two hundred bucks. Yeah, what, every three to five thousand miles, yeah. depending. Yeah. My goodness, it's not twenty six thousand dollars. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where if everything is perfect, that electric vehicle will will go for a long time without you know anything outside of just regular maintenance kind of stuff. But dude, when something goes wrong, it goes really wrong. With the electric yeah, vehicles. I hadn't heard that number before. Wow, that's wild. Did see this. It was from Study Finds, and they were actually surprised that the secret to happiness is gratitude. But, but, yeah. yeah. I know I a lot of people will say, well, money, give me the money. I don't care about the gratitude. But, I mean, this comes up again and again, and so yeah. they're surprised <laughs> by the outcome of that. This is a fun day, man. <laughs> 
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. Expect him back on Monday. He's fine, by the way. Uh, David, this story about Martha's Vineyard and the illegal aliens that were sent there is so much more than just about what's on the surface. It shows us so much. Dude, it has totally exposed all of these, no human being is illegal. (laughs) Wealthy, elite, latte liberals, man. It has exposed them for the frauds they are, and it's yes. wonderful. Okay? And when you said frauds and you started with the sound, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> David snapped. Well, I'm close, man. I'm close. No, no. I mean, okay, so you got 48 migrants that get dropped off on Martha's Vineyard, and that triggers a national nightmare. It, it it's not what's happening along the southern border. It's not even really what happened in our nation's capital or New York City or even Chicago. But once they landed on Martha's Vineyard, suddenly this became this national nightmare. And DeSantis is like Hitler because he's the guy who paid for the flights. And right. and I mean, dude, it, this it is so fascinating to see all of this unfold because it it is working out in a way i honestly didn't expect i knew we would see hypocrisy but i didn't think we would see it on this level no if you wrote a script okay this is how you would want people to act on the left when it comes to something like this it's exceeded all expectations in your own fantasy of how they would react so i mean it's right on cue so so there there was a uh gofundme that was launched to yes. help the people of Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> no joke. It was an urgent plea put out there. It's raised almost $40,000 at this point to help the okay. migrants. Even though officials in Martha's Vineyard rounded up the migrants with the help of the National Guard and they're busing them to a military installation nearby in Cape Cod. Yep, they're already gone. They're already gone. But the organizer of this is an Ivy League, um, uh, Mia Cantre- uh, Cathel, I mean, from uh, Town Hall did some digging. The organizer of this is a woman named Sarah Goulet. And Sarah Goulet is an Ivy League alum from an affluent family in New York. Okay. Uh, She's donated uh, many times to Kamala Harris. Her wedding on Martha's Vineyard was featured by the New York Times. And her family's $1.6 million home there sits near a private association beach. So that's very nice. Yeah. And she's the one that's organizing, again, the GoFundMe. Yeah. And, and and what the GoFundMe is going to benefit is the Martha's Vineyard Community Foundation. Assets under management, $14 million. They've got $14 million. Oh, I mean, it's not $14 million cash, but they've got, they've got deep pockets with this. And they are still asking for federal relief. And there's a GoFundMe to help out with migrants who were bust out this morning. Oh, my gosh, man. You know, the other thing is you had the lady that was in charge, right? Yeah. Saying, we don't have the resources. Right. 
That's what she said. At some point in time, they have to move somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. We, we, we just don't. No money. How can we help? I, we can't do this. I like, I like what the uh, she goes by the redheaded libertarian on Twitter says. Well, friends, okay. thirty six hours and three hundred National Guardsmen later, and the Massachusetts government, along with the good Christian millionaires of Martha's Vineyard, have ejected the forty eight weary travelers from the church, bust them <laughs> off to off their fancy island, and detained them at a joint military base. <laughs> you know, and what. Ron DeSantis said yesterday, it was like a 14-second clip. I mean, he was spot on. The minute even a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden go berserk, and they're so upset. It just shows you, you know, their virtue signaling is a fraud. It is. 100%. Yes. Now... You, I saw part of this. You had a clip of the Today Show because yeah. they were going at this story again. Yeah, they were, of course. Well, it's a national nightmare, okay? What are we going to do about Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Uh, but, I mean, I think it is kind of interesting that this is working better than I thought it would. I admit it. I mean, uh, Governor Abbott was right to get the ball rolling on this because now media i mean they're they're still framing it as republicans bad right but sure they are actually talking about the very real crisis that is happening on the southern border here's coverage from the today show okay this morning on the wealthy summer getaway martha's vineyard dozens of migrants from venezuela are caught in the middle of a fierce political fight over immigration that's being escalated by several republican governors you know the other rich part of this sorry to interrupt yeah they're from where again Venezuela? Why would they want to leave there? I don't know. Hmm, weird. All of you socialists. Hmm. Local officials say they were given no notice, but sprang into action along with volunteers to provide shelter, food, and medical care. Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Arizona Governor <laughs> Doug Ducey have also been sending thousands of migrants north, including Chicago and New York, where Mayor Eric Adams says the city is nearing a breaking point. You don't say... Yeah. How about that? In the nation's capital, these are among the more than 100 migrants sent by Abbott Wednesday to Vice President Kamala Harris's residence after she called the border secure despite a record 2 million illegal crossings in the last year. It is citizenship. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system. The number of Oh, they're not going to be happy with NBC no. when they cover that. I mean, that's close to honest. I, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm I'm actually feeling like there's a bit of a logjam breaking here because they actually not only ran that interview with Kamala Harris on Meet the Press where she mm -hmm. says the border's secure and Chuck Todd's even like, well, we're going to have two million arrests, by, which aren't really arrests. I mean, they're basically just they're, they're right. encounters. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, there was pushback there. And then they re-ran it several days later. To say, yeah, the Biden White House is kind of full of it. Yes. 
And that's what I love. The number of migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border is growing, but the Department of Homeland Security and the White House aren't seeing eye to eye on how to address it, according to internal documents reviewed by NBC News. Some DHS officials are pushing President Biden to start preparing to fly or bus migrants from the border to other northern cities to help alleviate overcrowding near those border states. So that's not Mayorkas. That's people that work at the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. Not Mayorkas, <clears throat> no, the not director, Mayorkas. because he's all in with Biden. Yeah. Because, again, man, this is about what when it comes down to it. It doesn't make any sense. It's not about the people. It's about literally changing the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And it's about globalism. The elites get richer off of that whole deal. But we don't have time to get into all that right now. But we do get into this from the Federalist. They uh, came up with... Well, this was uh, Tristan Justice. Ten even more awesome places to send illegal immigrants. <laughs> so let's see where we got here. Uh, Beverly Hills. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've seen a little bit of it, but uh, that would definitely, you know, make a point. Mark Zuckerberg's house. Mm-hmm. Well, he put so much money into the last election. Yeah. How about Gavin Newsom's governor's mansion? Yeah. Chicago's Hyde Park. Sure. The Hamptons. Yes. yes. Got to be the Hamptons. As for that. AOC's New York District Office. Yeah. Nantucket. Absolutely. Sure. Biden loves Nantucket. Oh, and speaking of Biden, his Delaware Beach House. Absolutely. Yeah, I know building the wall there, but still. Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Because you have some of the most connected longtime power players in national politics there. And then Chris Hayes' house. Yeah. It's the last one that they mentioned, which I thought, yeah. Yeah, I get the feeling we're not done seeing this. No. No, I, I think right now you have got to press on the accelerator if you're one of these governors who's been doing this and, and, and just keep going as fast as you can. Yes. And again, people, they're real people, though. Dude, wouldn't they want to go where people are saying they want to help them? Yeah. Well, there's no way. Look at El Paso. Do you think people want to be living on the street? There's yeah. nowhere to put these people. Well, well the, yeah, and the thing is that it's such a it's such a farce when when people say, "Well, this, this is human trafficking." Well, what what the hell do you think the Obama administration? I'm sorry, the Biden administration has been doing. Same. They they've been. I mean, the migrants don't exactly show up in El Paso in a lot of cases, knowing exactly where they want to go. It's like, okay, we're going to drop you off outside the Greyhound station. Good luck. That's what happens. I know. Oh, speaking of transportation, Mayor Pete has spoken. Yeah. What is, what's Pete talking about? <clears throat> well, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says if you're holding America back, or I'm sorry, you are holding America back if you criticize Joe Biden. Uh, he was on CNBC this morning and was asked about that totally tone-deaf ceremony at the White House earlier this week. They were celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act on the same day we got the news that inflation was out of control. <laughs> Yes. And so the host on CNBC, I love this guy. He's like, he's about to lose his mind. He's like, why can't you just give it to us straight? Why do you have to lie to us all the time? Wow. All right. So just stick to the script. The economy is great. The border is secure. Our cities are safe. Wouldn't it be no one's better, pretending wouldn't all it be of our better to just be honest? Wouldn't it be better to just be honest with the American people about the soup that we're in right now? And, and we can all try to deal with it together instead no, of just. Oh, my gosh. I applaud that guy. Yeah. 
That's so refreshing. No, no, just- nobody's saying that our nobody's saying we don't have any problems. But if you don't pause and recognize the meaning of one of the most significant pieces of legislation so far oh in my the 21st gosh. century, oh. just because we also have a lot of other problems we're contending with as a country, then then I think you're you're really feeding into a narrative that's that's uh, you know, pulling America down and holding America back. <laughs> it's, it's called the re- it's like the your policies. It's, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act, and it doesn't reduce inflation. Oh, goodness, man. You know, there was an NFL game last night. I don't have Amazon Prime. Didn't see it. Mm. Heard it was a good game, though. Chargers Chiefs. Um, I know you're applauding the NFL today, David, um, because they're celebrating a very special month that yeah. is upon us. Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, I guess. And I, I thought it was a joke. No, no kidding. I thought this was actually a parody when I saw the official logo that the NFL rolled out. Yeah. <laughs> and what it is, it's the NFL with the tilde accent mark over the N, that little squiggly line, like you might see in Nino or Nina. Yes. And so it's the Enya FL now. That's it. That's all they did. And it looks like Microsoft Paint. It is the. It is hilarious, dude. They're getting roasted all over the place well, for the pandering. Well, yeah, it's not National Football League. That it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, keep on though. Yeah. Roger Goodell. Yeah, we love the Hispanic. See how we do that with the N. The NFL. Freaking right, it is. Okay. Um, more on all of the illegal immigration stuff. And a Disney employee arrested at work in a child sex sting operation. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Expect him back on Monday and he's fine. David Van Camp. Another story about... <laughs> Illegal immigration and the hand-wringing right now from the left about this Martha's Vineyard episode. Yeah. And by the way, the people here illegally are now gone from Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, Martha's Vineyard could not put up with 48 migrants on their island for more than a day. So now you have some Democrats saying, all right, here's the solution. Here's what we need. Yeah. As far as this issue, and who are we about to hear from? This is the mayor of Washington, D.C., who has also received uh, a lot of migrants from Texas. Uh, The mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, says there needs to be a national response to the border crisis now that some busloads of migrants are showing up in her city. Uh, A reporter with the local... You didn't say that before? Oh, well, no, of course not. Now it's affecting her, and she's like, okay, all right, all right, the federal government needs to do something. A reporter with the local Fox affiliate asked her if this is making the Biden administration see the problem a little bit more clearly. Mm. Oh, I'm pretty sure they understand um, and see the the situation clearly. Yep, no, I don't. Um, but all the, all the lawmakers here and the lawmakers at home in Texas, in their homes in Texas or Arizona, they need to understand that we need a system, an immigration system that that works, that's fair at the border, but also is dealing with the millions of people who live here who need a pathway to citizenship. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, see, that's not the answer. No. That makes the problem at the border worse. Yes. I'd like to say you can't be that dumb. Mm. But I can't say that with confidence. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's common sense. You're telling people already, just come through, just make it in, you can stay. If you say, and we have the pathway to citizenship, you don't think the problem's going to get worse? Oh, yeah. No, what you need to do is secure the border. Right. First and foremost. Well, and, and, and it starts with, I mean, to me, the one of the things that needs to happen, extreme times, you know, call for extreme measures, and it is a six-month suspension of the asylum process. Completely shut it down. There is no asylum process anymore. Right. And yeah, there are you people can't take who, anymore. There are people who may have asylum claims, legitimate asylum claims, who would be left out in that process. But we are so bogged down in this country with trying to decide who has a legitimate claim, who doesn't, and you know, we don't even know if many of them will ever show back up in court. Most of them won't show back up in court. They're just no, here they now. So we have to shut that down. Let's call it, you know what, just, just do it for two weeks, okay? We'll call it 15 days to slow the spread. <laughs> All right? There you go. There you go. Saw this story out of Florida. 13 men arrested during a week-long undercover operation dubbed Operation Cyber Guardian 2, where they posted children online to investigate those who prey upon and travel to meet children for unlawful sexual activity. Mm-hmm. One of the employees arrested was an employee at Disney. Oh, boy. One of the guys, I mean. Um, And they actually arrested him at Disney, charged him with one count transmitting harmful material to a minor and one count using a computer to solicit a child for sex. What's interesting is, dude, the sheriff, mentioned, yeah, we always have Disney employees when we do one of these things. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so sick. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. But obviously, big story of the day is the hand-wringing, David. Yes, the hand-wringing. Where do we go from here now that Martha's Vineyard has been briefly inconvenienced by 48 migrants from Venezuela? I'm sorry, man. Again, I'm, man. I know it's a very serious situation all around. And, you know, I, I get very upset when I hear some of the rhetoric out of Washington, especially when they say the border is secure, because there are a whole lot of Americans who are being buried by this crisis. It sucks. And, oh, yes. But it just it cracks me up to see these liberals in or on Martha's Vineyard talking about, uh, well, what are we going to do? We don't have the resources. Yes, you damn well do. Come on. Well, now the likes of Lori Lightfoot saying the federal government has to help. Yeah. That and much more coming up right here. Okay. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today, probably back Monday. David, freak out is on. Yeah. Um, this is the biggest story going right now. You're getting a lot of talk because it is putting a spotlight on a problem that's been massive for months that legacy media really didn't pay attention to. No. Finally, it's happening. Uh, it's, it's occasionally you hear about border crisis and vague terms, you know, but but now that... Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis flew a handful of migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Uh-oh, big problem here. And Joe Biden was freaking out about it. I mean, this is the guy whose fingerprints are all over this crisis. And uh, he says, Republicans, hey, you know what? You governors are interfering with this orderly process that we have set up. <laughs> Come on, man. And with Secretary Mayorkas' leadership, we're committed to fixing the immigration system. Instead of working 
with us on solutions. Republicans are playing politics with human beings, using them as props. Okay, that old line. Why did you open the border, Joe? Yeah. Why did you do it? Because you were using people as props for your party. And everybody knows it. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. Okay, hold on. You know that whole throwaway is wrong. It's, uh, it's un-American. It's reckless. How? I mean, if you were to guess, just by him saying it's wrong, why is it wrong? Well, I think in a vacuum, if you said you just picked up a bunch of people and dropped them off in a, in a random location where they didn't know where they were or where they were going to go, uh, you could make that argument, except that's exactly what the federal government has been doing now for the last year and a half. Exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Often in the middle of the night. It makes no sense. But anyway, go ahead. Republican officials should not interfere with that process by waging a politi- these political stunts. So you want it to be like El Paso, where people just need to sleep in the street. Right. Just tents all across the southern border. People are out in the heat and they die, and what do you care? That's your solution. It's long yeah. overdue for Senate Republicans to come to the table and provide a pathway for citizens, for dreamers, no. those in temporary no. status, farm workers, and essential workers. We need to modernize our laws so businesses get workers they need, and families don't have to wait decades to be brought back together. Okay. Um, when Trump brought that up, uh, no one wanted to talk to him about it. Pelosi yeah. certainly did not. That ship sailed, man. It's a joke. You know, part of this is so funny to watch. And then when I hear that guy, it does. It angers me. Mm-hmm. So full of crap. Anybody that believes that, holy smokes, man. But as far as just the networks freaking out, NBC, Lester Holt had the big open, you know, mm-hmm. on the evening news, and then they go to the report. As the local island community in Massachusetts rallied to help the migrants today. Some of them have been through... Really horrific things. You mean on the flight? Now, if you want to say they've gone through horrific things just to get into the country, you read those stories all the time. It's awful, especially for women. Sometimes for kids, too. But are you talking about just the private flight to Martha's Vineyard? That was horrific? You can't be serious. Anger among some Democrats. We have the governor of one of the largest states in the country hatching a secretive plot to use humans, to use women, children, families as a political uh, pawn. And to me, it is just so cruel. Cruel? Why is it cruel? They were just sent to a place that says we want to help people. We want them here. No human being is illegal. Right. It's... It is just really funny to have the story shift now to Martha's Vineyard's residents were just so brave. They put up with the migrants for 24 hours and then put them on buses this morning and sent them to a military base. I mean, come on. Phone calls were made to higher-ups and things got done in a hurry. Right. That's what happened. Meanwhile, the mayor of Chicago is saying what? Oh, uh, I, I think... The interesting part is it looks like sending busloads of migrants to sanctuary cities is actually having the intended effect because now 
and I don't know if this is just a brief moment of clarity, but the mayor of Chicago is calling out the Biden administration. This is Lori Lightfoot talking about getting a few hundred migrants in her city. Okay. The federal government has to step up. What? I was in Washington, D.C. last week talking to members of Customs and Border Patrol, um, National FEMA, ICE, um, and um, DHS. And we made it very clear, I made it very clear, that our expectation is that they were going to have a plan that features communication and collaboration uh, with interior cities. And they must do that, and they must do that soon. I I know that they are under um, enormous pressures. This is not a new challenge at the border, but this is a new uh, challenge for us, and we need federal support resources communication and collaboration and that has to come in short order well one of the biggest hypocrites too is lightfoot in chicago yeah pritzker the governor of illinois who again almost broke their arms patting themselves on the back for being so welcoming to the people that were bussed into their city before they put them on buses to suburbs of Chicago and right. outside the county and didn't tell those mayors they were coming, but yet they still say, we didn't even know they were coming. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you, you can't make that stuff up. And we both read a piece. This was an opinion piece from Daily Beast. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing because I figured there would be a whole lot of bedwetting and everything else like you would expect. Uh, but the writer in the end said, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. Republicans have finally crafted a stunt that owns the libs, highlights hypocrisy, and makes us think. For them, it's a major improvement. <laughs> When I got to the end of that piece, I, my jaw was dropped. Yeah, and I, I think th- at the beginning of it, it kind of maps my own personal thoughts of this. And if you've listened to the show throughout this entire process going back to the spring, you know, I thought, you know, Abbott putting uh, migrants on some charter buses and sending them to D.C. or whatever. I thought, okay, it's kind of funny, but yeah, these are people that you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. You know, just kind of saying, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I felt, I felt very squishy about it. Yes, it was sort of a role reversal, I yeah. felt. Because I was like, good. <clears throat> but but then you see the reaction, and you're like, okay, no, this is great. Hit the gas pedal. Keep going. I admit, I mean, I said this yesterday, but all apologies to the uh, governor of Texas. I mean, I, I was dead wrong about that. I, I think this is great. It is it, it does have this feeling of breaking a logjam because a lot of the people in legacy media who are whining about this, a lot of people mm-hmm. in politics who are whining about this, I mean, Gavin Newsom saying this is like human trafficking, now the White House comparing them to uh, human smugglers. Corrine Jean-Pierre did that today. Uh, it's a joke. You are exposing oh. yourself for the frauds that you are. And I think even two writers at the Daily Beast. Yeah. Which is really interesting to me. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff going on out here. Oh, the leading transgender health association has released new guidelines. Oh, yeah? Uh, Go younger. As far as, like, puberty blockers, Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, the top surgery stuff like that. Yeah, you can go younger. No, no. We need need, uh, criminal codes passed against this kind of stuff. It's something, man. I mean, what they're doing to children. 
you know, we don't have time to get into all of it. And, you know, you're listening right now. You pretty much know that they're talking kids into the social contagion. It, you look at research over, you know, the past several decades. One of the most crucial times in someone's life is right around middle school. Your personality is being shaped. And there are a lot of times, especially for females, you're starting to hit puberty. It is a tough time. It's something I can't relate to. I've only read about it. So there's so much confusion already. And for adults to capitalize on that, to make them feel better about themselves, is disgusting. And I think, I forget who it was that was talking about this the other night. And it might have been Christopher Rufo who's done so much reporting on this, to say, I think a lot of times there are parents just good-hearted that sort of defer, whether that's to administrators at school or to doctors that say, yes, this is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, this really is a boy trapped in a girl's body, no. and we need to start the puberty blockers right now. And so you're deferring to, quote, experts in your mind, because you have no other base to go on as far as just the way you see the world and the way you see what is fact and what is not. Yeah. And you're trying to do the best you can by your kid, and you get sort of sucked into it. it it's terrible. And it just has to be more people that have the courage to stand up and say, no, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. It's just awful. Um, now, with a lot of this news being heavy... I thought to put a smile on, you know, a lot of people's faces, this might work. Um, David, it's been a while since we've played any mashups on this show. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you'll hear a different mashup and you might listen to it and say, I don't know if that works. It was entertaining to hear, though. Yeah. And then there are some where I'm not even going to say it works, but I sure like hearing it. Mm-hmm. But to put a smile on your face, and if you're listening right now, I think it will. What happens when you mash up Steely Dan and Motley Crue? Okay. Okay. And I think, I really do, I think you're going to enjoy it. You're laughing, that's all I wanted. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect. The chorus is just a little bit off, but the verse makes it sound, it sounds great. I mean, I've never heard either of those bands sound quite that good. So... (laughs) I like them both, to be honest. But if nothing else, a smile on the face is what we were going for there, and I think we got it. Okay, we got to get a news update. Also, it's Friday. That means a Friday 5. Big countdown we'll set you up with in just a few right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday. Okay, David, a lot of talk about... Illegal immigration. There's also Senate races going on. There's one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And are we to learn that if someone really can't do the job, 
because of a health issue. If you point it out, you're a bad person. Yeah, it's a cheap shot, apparently. Yeah, John Fetterman, this is the Democrat in the Pennsylvania Senate race. He had a massive stroke earlier this year. And instead of focusing on recovering from that, he still wants to go to the Senate, even though he can't speak. I mean, the the guy has problems right now, and he needs to heal. Um, He's agreed to one debate at the end of October, which is well after voting begins, really. Of course. Uh, But he doesn't like his opponent, Dr. Oz, pointing out that he might not be up for the challenge of being a senator. During an interview with MSNBC, Fetterman said, well, you know, I could have died. Okay. I promise you that is... 10 times bigger and 10 times harder than the kind of cheap shots that Dr. Oz has chosen to, to choose uh, in, in his campaign. But again, it's, it's his story. He's got to tell it the way he needs to. But he needs to own those kind of words uh, because uh, a doctor who's choosing to mock somebody who's making uh, a recovery from a stroke, I, I don't believe demonstrates that here's a guy that has lost his way. In fact, he's never had his way. Okay. But right now we have... Uh, the kind of campaign that we have right now. Did Oz mock him? There was somebody with his campaign who said something like if, if Fetterman had ever eaten a vegetable in his life, he wouldn't have had a stroke. Oh, okay. But 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 as far as mocking the condition he's in right now from Oz? No. I mean, they, they've been twisting Dr. Oz's words around quite a bit to try to fit this narrative that he's openly out there mocking him. Uh, if he has, I haven't heard it. Yeah, it's just pointing out the obvious to people, right? And it's uncomfortable, but it is a fact. You know, there was another story. I forget who had it. That NBC is doctoring everything with Fetterman to not show people how much of a problem he has when he speaks. Yeah. Like you try to put different splices together for it to make sense. Yeah, that's a lot of work. So I'm serious, man. That's oh, yeah. that's a lot of editing there. Um, how crazy are we right now? This is at uh, a conference, and this is with the American Political Science Association. They're asking their attendees, out of respect, not to use the urinals in the all-gender restroom. Okay, that's when we get to peak insanity. Yeah. Because it's okay, we get the whole restroom debate, it goes back and forth or whatever, and now it's okay, all gender. But if you're going into the restroom with the urinal, please don't use it. You might hurt somebody's feelings. What? Well, what if a trans woman has to use it? Because as we've learned from the people who say that they worship at the altar of science, some, some women have penises. Yes. But then it might make someone else uncomfortable. But wasn't that the whole argument to begin with? That you don't want a dude going into a female's restroom because it made them uncomfortable? But these narcissists only care about themselves. It's not how it affects anybody else. What about me? What a freaking joke, man. All right, let's get set up for the Big Friday Five. Uh, So the rail strike was averted. That's good news for now. I don't know that that whole thing's over, by the way. Oh, it's not. It's being... It's being touted like, oh, this is it. We're done. I don't know about that, but at least for now. But it gave us an excuse to do the greatest train songs of all time. Got to have train in the title. Now, Robbins did not participate in this one. It's just David and I. And I can't believe that as I see what made the five that I wish Robbins were here. 
what I don't know what happened with the list. <laughs> I, I I don't know what is going on here, David. <laughs> so if you want to get in early, the number is 210-619-2053. The greatest songs of all time with train in the title, the Friday Five, coming up next, right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday. We do have the Friday Five. It's our countdown we do every Friday. It always starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay. For our Friday Five today, the rail strike was avoided, at least for now. So we thought, why not do the greatest songs of all time with Train in the title? Now, the number is 210-619-2053. As always, the criteria. How big a song is it? Meaning, is it iconic? Was it a big hit? And then... Does it stand the test of time? And three, how much do you personally like it? Put it all together, and this is our five. Robin's not able to vote on this yesterday. I think the outcome may have been different. Maybe. It was just you and I, David. Uh Uh-huh. And there's some controversy. I don't think so. I I think this list seems uh, pretty... Well, it is kind of controversial, because number two should have been lower than it was. But anyway... The controversy will yeah. be with people that call in yeah. that won't understand how number two wasn't number one. Uh-huh. Okay. But I digress. Let's just get Let, right to it. Let's talk to uh, Bill in Delaware. Hey, Bill. Hey, good morning. afternoon, guys. How are you? Good, Bill. Thanks for checking in. How are you? Good. I think he should have given you a third vote to uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, given that he's an expert in this area. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> good line, uh, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how about Train Kept the Rolling by Aerosmith? Yes. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good honorable mention. Not as big a hit or iconic. It is with Aerosmith fans, yeah. for sure. I love that version. Glad we got to that. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Say, hey, Johnny. Oh, happy Friday, brothers. Johnny! <laughs> happy Friday, man. How are we doing today? Doing great, man. Always great to hear from hey, you, Johnny. Well, hey, great to talk to you guys. It's, it's, it's few and far between anymore. It's hard to get in. You guys are so dang popular, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, Sorry about that. I've been thinking, you know, about all this immigration stuff and all these mayors getting upset because of getting people sick to their towns and their houses and everything. And I, you know, I think we just got to tell them, like I told Prince Andrew after his mom died and he started worrying about all that pedo stuff. I just said, hey, man, don't sweat it. I really <laughs> couldn't anyway. So. <laughs> you know, I like this. Uh, this I like. I really like this 
this uh, train thing you guys got going on. I had some good friends back in college. We know how to run a good one. So anyway, uh, I got to say, how about um, last train to Clarksville by the monkeys, man? Wow, man. Number one. Johnny comes in with number one. That was a big hit. Yep. Pretty big test of timer. Oh, yeah. I like it. I don't know that I love it. I like it. Oh, it's, it's about an eight for me on the like. Personal like. Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. So I like it. Mm-hmm. But number one, holy smokes, man. <laughs> that's a tough one for it, me. It deserves to be there, man. It deserves to be there. And deep down <sighs> right. in your soul, you know it too. I do not know that at all. I don't know it in my soul at all. My soul's troubled, David. Who's uh-huh. next? Uh, let's talk to Brian and Gresham. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Aloha Friday. Brian, aloha to you, brother. What you got today? I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure I locked in number two since I just got beat out by the monkey train. Um, move over, Thomas a train. Say hello to Amtrak Joe Biden. We're rolling off the rails on a crazy train. His new spokesperson, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yes, number two. Going off the rails on a crazy train. Okay, yeah. Iconic ten. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Okay. Test of time, 10. Yeah. Okay. So it starts with 20. That's already ahead of the monkeys. How do you not love Crazy Train? Because it's a terrible song. Oh, my God. It's like, it's a cool riff, but then it's like, I mean, it, it turns into metal for dudes who wear turtlenecks, all right? Okay, hold on a second. You weren't there when that came out. You weren't. You were five years before you were in diapers. Right. So I. So I don't have that. It's iconic. Pers- so I don't have the personal bias that someone who who was alive when it came out. Not only that, but it's a test of timer. Why is it played everywhere all the time in every arena, football mm-hmm. stadium? Because it's beloved by dudes with testosterone mm-hmm. that like to freaking rock. Well. And you have last train to Clarksville? Where's Robbins to help here? <laughs> I couldn't believe I was saying this. We haven't gone with the millennials ruin everything well. taken a while, but I'm ready to do it today. It's played in sports arenas for dudes who like Rosé and their girlfriends Please. who like Michelob Ultra. And you're number one again, dude, just for the record. Uh-huh. The rosé? Uh-huh. Are you kidding? This is for dudes that drink Zima. They try to find it. Hey, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with a good Zima, all right? <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Okay, so that's the controversy today on the five, mm-hmm. between one and two. There's still three great songs in the five. There's another couple great ones that should be in the five, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. What deserves to be one? Is it Ozzy or the Monkees, according to you? Ozzy. Thank you. Mary Ozzy, who only got to be on for two seconds on the uh, opening NFL game. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. The little live show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of complaints what? about that. <laughs> yes. What are you there thinking were. today, Mary? I'm thinking Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. 
Oh my gosh! Tell her, David. Tell her. Yeah, uh, Mary. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how much money uh, Jamie is paying you to uh, to call into the show. No, he he loves that song. Loves it. I he really was do. Talking it up yesterday. Yeah, I I really do. This was in my five. But it didn't make it. Well, the test of time is there. I like the song, but the test of time is just not there. It's not there. I admit that. Um, it made my number five uh, because it was a big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, you give at least a nine for that. And I, I personally like the song. And you've said it, and I agree with you. It's the greatest song Tom Petty never wrote. Yeah. Because it sounds like a Tom Petty song. Sure does. But it's weird, man. That song, when the video was out and it had all these missing children... And it was really a powerful thing at the time. And there were calls going to this hotline trying to find these kids that were missing. But so many people then equated the song with missing children and would get sad when they heard it. So in time, people didn't want to hear it anymore yeah. because it just made them sad. The song is more about depression yeah. <laughs> and going through a bad time. But anyway, no, I, I really do like that song. Um, so thank you for that, Mary. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mike in Minnesota. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good, Mike. Thanks for checking in. What you got today? Yeah, I've got Train Train by uh, Blackfoot. Freaking right you do. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Ricky Medlock and Blackfoot. <laughs> Ricky now and Skinner. Man, that was, you know, not huge at rock radio, but fairly big, and it was a tested timer for a while. Some people may know it by the cover done by the band Warrant, but not as good as Blackfoot, the original. No, if it were uh, just a personal stereo, one through five, this would be in five. Oh, it would be my top two, to be honest. Yes. Good call. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Larry in Eugene, Oregon. Hey, Larry. Yes, hello. Sorry, guys. Um, so I'm thinking um, <clears throat> if anybody's ever seen the show Yellowstone, um, you know, there's some things around trains there, uh, and, and I heard our president <laughs> likes trains. So uh, anyway, I'm going to go with... <laughs> Uh, Gladys you, are you suggesting to take him to the train station? I did not. <laughs> did not say that. I'm just, it, it's just, I don't know why it popped into my mind. Um, what I'm saying is I, I'm picking Midnight Train to Georgia by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Yeah, man. There you go, yes. Good call. We do have it. I, yeah, we do. We do. Number four. Got caught up for a second. All right, Larry, stay on the line. We're forwarding you to the FBI directly. No idea what's Yellowstone. (laughs) Yes, Gladys Knight and the Pips. That's a good test of timer, isn't it? It's a pretty good test of timer. I love the song. So, that okay, wound I wanted to up make being... sure I was right about this. Do you know the story behind this song? The story behind oh, the song. Oh, tell me the story behind the music. Okay. Jim Weatherly originally wrote the song. Okay. 
<laughs> the song came about, it was a phone call he had with Farrah Fawcett, who was dating Lee Majors at the time. And Lee was going to go back home, and it just stuck with him, this midnight train to Georgia. Huh. So, and that's that's where it started from. Wow. And he just had this vision in his mind. I'm like, wow, man, that's pretty wild. I've heard that song for years and didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting. And now you know the story behind the song. Now, on with the <laughs> countdown. <laughs> okay, we actually should should call time out for a second. Because um, we got number one, number two, number four. But we don't have number three or five yet. Songs with train in the title. If you want to get in, there's still time. The number is 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Songs with train in the title. And we'll wrap it up next right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back on Monday. We're doing the Friday Five. We got a news update to get to in less than 15 minutes. Uh, but before we get there, we got to finish up the Friday Five, which because the rail strike was averted, we're doing the greatest songs of all time with Train in the title. I know that. Oh, there's your number two right there. Yeah. Ozzy, the classic Crazy Train, got railroaded. Uh, no, it didn't. Hell. The Monkees last train to Clarksville on the vote of Van Camp at number one. Yeah. Big controversy. All right, we're still looking for number three. Number four was Gladys Knight the Pips Midnight Train to Georgia. Also need number five. Had some great honorable mentions, too. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schultze in Gresham. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen, from the land of turds, needles, and tents. There you go. Before I hang up and listen... I'm going to go with Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers. Yes. It's on the welcome sign to uh, Gresham these days, I Golly. So you have to laugh, even in tough times. I had this in my five. This is yeah. a big hit. This is a test of timer. Not a fan of the Doobies, David? Not really. Wow. You're a hard guy to figure out with taste sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think I got it figured out, and other times I'm like, man, that seems like a song that you would really do. You don't like the Doobie Brothers in general? Not not real. I don't hate them at all. It's just, I don't, I never reach for it. It's just the personal like stuff. Okay. I don't care. All right. So that's an honorable I, mention. I think I've just seen too many mediocre cover bands try to play that song. Okay. See, I would take that over what you had at number five if I can go ahead and play that. Uh, well. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. No one's calling for it. You know uh -huh. that. Oh, yeah. Number five. That's a guilty pleasure song. I don't even like the clash that much. For some reason, I love that song. I don't mind that song. Just prefer the doobies over that, probably. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of other songs that are honorable mention that I would probably prefer. Too. But I'm trying to be nice. There you go. Getting over a new leaf. Uh -huh. Unbelievable. Sure. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Let's talk to Sean in Michigan. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great, Sean. Thanks for checking in, man. What you got? Hey, I, I got one for you here, and I think Hunter Biden may have had something to do with the lyrics because wake up, baby, 
Honey, put on your clothes. Take that credit card to the liquor to store. The liquor store. That's one for you. That's two for, <laughs> two me. for me. By tonight, tonight. we'll be like a freight train, like, flying yes, like, an like an airplane. We're on the night train. <laughs> Guns and Roses. You don't want me singing this. It's awful. <laughs> but in my mind, in my heart, I'm singing like crazy. What a great album all the way through. Not a bad song on the album. What's well, the yes. only album they ever made? See, I'm not taking the bait. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking that bait. You're not putting taking the smile <laughs> off this face. Won't happen. Who's next? Let's talk to Brian in Indiana. Hey, Brian. Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday from Indiana. All right. What you got today? Well, it's something definitely a lot heavier than the mountain. It's Friday going through the weekend on the rock and roll train from ACDC. Oh, yeah. From all the albums they've done since Razor's Edge with Thunderstruck, yeah. that's up there. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. like that song. It's on. Okay, do we have time for one more call? Because we got to get to number three. Yeah, let's talk to Brett in Washington. Hey, Brett. Hey, good morning. What you so, thinking, Brett? I was just thinking, I was thinking that uh, in support of all those one-day liberals on on the island there, that maybe we should support them by giving them free tickets on the love train to the border. Oh, nice. Number three. That's a feel-good song. Now get on the bus and off my island. Yes. And here's light beer for you. (laughs) And that is your Friday Five. Monkeys, Ozzy, OJs, Gladys Knight, and The Clash. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And big story of the day, David. Well, <laughs> we, I think it was just mentioned. Yeah, we are we are swimming in more and more crazy takes. Corrine Jean Pierre, White House press secretary, doing a briefing and got very flustered when a reporter said, "Hey, why aren't y'all taking any responsibility for the crisis at the border?" And I cannot wait to get into this audio with you. Oh, I can't wait to hear it myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, that was a leftover. That was an honorable mention. <laughs> City, there's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Who doesn't want to dance to that? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Come on, ride it. Train to a blue city. <laughs> All right, so that news update straight ahead right here. Robin show. Sorry about that. Jamie Markley, 
David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is fine, by the way. He's not in the hospital or anything like that. <laughs> People are messaging. Is he okay? He's fine. His health is fine. I promise you. Okay, David, news update. This continues to unfold yeah. in front of our eyes. Yeah. So th- this is a, quite a journey that we're about to experience together. Uh, of course, we know it is just an absolute crisis that 48 migrants were dropped off on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, some people uh, fed them, uh, gave them a place to sleep for a night, and they were promptly taken off the island on shuttle buses and dropped off at a military installation. And they had some help to bring in people to get the migrants off the island. Yeah, you had it. Yeah, you got like 125 National Guardsmen who were activated to help facilitate this whole process. All right, cool. Yeah. So apparently, immigrants are not welcome on Martha's Vineyard. You got all these empty vacation mansions, and not one of those doors were opened. And any talk of sending any National Guardsmen to the southern border. Oh, right. Is inhumane, right? It's it's militarizing our border. We can't do that. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, uh, wow. Jackie Heinrich with uh, Fox News was uh, got a chance to ask some questions of the White House press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre, basically saying, "You guys are always blaming the Trump administration for for this, but the reality is the border crisis really." took off under Joe's watch. And yes. Joe Biden has not shown a lot of interest in, in actually solving any of this problem. There are a lot of cities across the border that are suffering because of this. So th- this is that exchange, and we can just stop and go. It's about two and a half minutes long in oh. total. Just stop and go as, as this uh, McGurkin flies at us at 110 miles an hour. Okay. One migrant we interviewed yesterday thanks the president for keeping the border open. So I just want to confirm the way that this administration sees it, ending Remain in Mexico or Title 42 had nothing to do with the surge that we're seeing. So let me just step back for a second and lay out what we have done under this administration. 23,000 agents and officers, more than 1,200 additional support personnel working to secure our nation's borders. That's more than what was happening in the last administration. Okay, just answer the question. It's always this switch. Before that, let's just set up what we've done. No, that's not what we're talking about. What you've done has not been effective. Right. Well, they tout sending more personnel to the border, except the personnel are not there to arrest and then deport. The The people no. are are there to help rubber stamp asylum claims Correct. and then send them on their way. Correct. That's it's what's the happening. Bait and switch. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Every individual that is encountered at the border is taken to CBP custody and processed and vetted by Border Patrol agents. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. Well part for the course man she lies all the time yeah. when she can get a sentence out and part of it's because look they they have so much you know border patrol agents are being pulled off of duty because they have so much paperwork to do and so then there was this back and forth about whether or not they could bring and process migrants into local police stations and if you've been paying attention to the news that's caused some friction among different jurisdictions of law enforcement dude ranchers don't call border patrol anymore because they know it's useless. Yeah. Because they don't have time to do their jobs. Right. 
Because they're messing with this. Okay, go ahead. Individuals taken into CBP custody are either expelled under the CDC's Title 42 authority as required by court order or placed in a removal procedures. In fact, more individuals encountered at the border will be removed or expelled this year than any previous year. That is just a fact. It's because millions are coming through, right. you dope. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. So then Jackie interrupts and is saying, okay, but hold on a second. That point exactly what you just brought up, Jamie. Uh, but there is a record number of people that's showing up. So, yeah, of course, your base numbers will go up if you are, in fact, putting people into deportation proceedings. But the fact remains that you've had two million encounters, and the vast majority of them have been let into the United States of America. And we don't even know how many people have come across the border that never saw law enforcement. Yes. Crossing number. I mean, you're reading off, you know, expulsions and things like that because all these people are coming over. Yes, and they're also being encountered. Individuals encountered are also being removed or expelled in this year, more than, removed more in this year than any previous year. Why would the president turn down a DHS plan then to move migrants to the northern border to relieve some of the crowding at the southern border? I just, I, I was just asked about this question. That's been already asked and answered. So he hasn't, he hasn't I just, I literally just answered that question. I didn't understand what your answer was. Did well, he turn down a plan um, or? When this is over, you can look at the, the transcript and take a look. Now, what, what she had said is, I have nothing to preview. <laughs> okay. Um, I know earlier you had another couple of clips from her. One, something about Republicans being human smugglers? Yeah. Yeah. Th what? Yeah. Republicans apparently are human smugglers by sending uh, migrants, willingly sending migrants, you know, who, who say, yes, I'll get on that airplane or on that bus uh, to Martha's Vineyard or D.C. or New York or Chicago. Oh, that's rich. These are the kinds of tactics we see from smugglers in places like Mexico and Guatemala. And for what? A photo op? Because these governors care about creating political theater. Smugglers get money. Yeah. Okay. These people got to go to Martha's Vineyard. Right. Where people pay thousands of dollars to vacation to. What an idiot. Then creating actual solutions to help. What are Folks you doing? Are fleeing communism to help children, to help families. Instead, they want to do political stunts. Nobody's buying it, man. Not even their own people are buying this. They see it for what it is, man. Yeah. Dude, and this whole thing, they're fleeing. No, we've done all this to help secure the border. Remember the illegal immigrant when he was asked by Griff Jenkins at Fox? Yeah. Well, yeah, the border's open. Is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in. Of course it's open. Right. I'm right here, dude. Yeah, if it were closed, I wouldn't be standing here right now. See, that makes sense. Okay. And is there another question about yeah. how is this different than the feds sending the midnight flights? Yeah, because, you know, the feds have been doing this for a long time is, you know, you put them on airplanes and they're chartered or, or laundered through non-governmental organizations. And then they're dropped off in the middle of the night in Florida and New Hampshire, Long Island, all over the place, sometimes in the Midwest, you know, 
just wherever they can put them. And that's one of the plans. That's one of the things that the feds are talking about again is to, to relieve the massive backup of people and the human catastrophe that's going on right now at the southern border to just move people out of the southern border as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, so the question was to Corrine Jean-Pierre, hey, what's the difference from, you know, when you compare what Governor Abbott in Texas has done and Governor Ducey in Arizona, now Governor DeSantis has done, what's the difference between that on a practical level and what the fed- federal government has been doing for a long time? Great question. So we are offering solutions. That's what the Biden-Harris administration has been doing since day one. All no, you not. can do is read off a piece of paper. Yep. And not even that very well. Wow. You know, just as a reminder, going into the Wayback Machine that you'll do every once in a while, David. Yeah. Do you remember Trump talking about DACA? Because something about this could have been done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It really could. I remember when he was talking to Hannity about this. This is now years ago. A lot of these people are in the military. They have jobs. They have this. That. It's a very, I fully understand it. But if we're going to do something, we have to get something in return. And what I want is tremendous border regulation. I want the wall. Right. The wall for DACA. That was the deal, man. Yeah. And it could have been done a long time ago. And hopefully we can get oh. DACA done. I'd like to do that for the... Hispanics out there. You know, I did very well with the Hispanics, much better right. than anyone would have thought. I'm the one that's pushing DACA, and the Democrats are nowhere to be found. Why? Because walls are evil. Yes. Walls are unloving. We've had a border issue forever, and now it's just being highlighted. And it is pretty rich to hear, you know, the bedwetters in the media and the people on the left talk about it's It's evil to put people on a plane... A private plane to Martha's Vineyard. Right. Who believes that? (laughs) That that's cruel and inhumane? Are you freaking joking? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anything else you wanted to hit there? No, no. I think think I've gotten my fill. Okay. Uh, Clean up of a couple of things that we didn't quite have time to get to earlier. Um, Refusal to wear a mask indoors is ableism and racism. This is still... uh, What? This is at Northern Illinois University. A physics professor, Charid Adelman. It's a white dude. He spells his name J-A-H-R-E-D. I'm not familiar. Okay. Do you just pronounce that Jared, but it I, looks cooler to spell it, it that way? or Jared. Jared? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something like when I worked at the music store and my name was James J-A-M. What did I do? Z? Something like that, <laughs> just for a different look. What a loser. Now, J-A-Y-M-Z, maybe? Yeah, it's bad. I admit it. Anyway, this dude, this professor, is making all of the students wear masks still in his class. And saying refusing to mask indoors is a manifestation of ableism and racism. An exercise of individual privilege that tells the most vulnerable that their health and the health of their loved ones does not matter. Okay. Again, people are spending money for their kids to go to school to be taught by a guy like that. Yeah, I just bailed him out on some of his student loans. Yes, you did. That feels feels great. Awesome. Yeah. If you think that your classmates' health and well-being are not important, you do not belong in this class. 
If you show up without a mask, you will be asked to leave. Are you joking? Holy smokes. What's this guy's name? Oh, Jared uh, Adelman. You looking him up? Oh, I want to see him. Yeah, that that tracks. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You will be asked to leave. Make me. You're too small. You're too (laughs) small. What are you going to do, dude? (sighs) And at Harvard, uh, they're telling students if you use the wrong pronouns, that constitutes abuse. No. No, it's not. Uh, and fat phobia, and I like want to make sure I get this word right. Cis heterosexism. <laughs> Had you heard that one before? Uh, that's they're they're throwing a lot of things at you all the time, aren't they? That perpetuates violence. Okay, any words used to lower a person's self worth are verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. And what they actually have in this class, apparently, at Harvard, um, the dean there, Rakesh Karana, told students in a video introducing this training that has the power and control wheel. Okay, now I'm going to have to paint the picture of this wheel. Mm-hmm. All right. It's, I guess, like a Wheel of Fortune type wheel, but what you have is the cultural identity abuse, verbal abuse, intimidation, destruction of property, restriction of freedom, sexual abuse, abuse of authority, financial abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. It's all part of it. Uh-huh. Um, white supremacy, classism, systemic uh, oppression, cis-heterosexism, ageism, ableism, uh, sizeism. I've never heard sizeism, sizeism. before. Wow. You just you just actually exercised sizeism by saying he was too small. I did. You're right. I am a sizeist, and I'm only five eleven. <laughs> I'm a I'm a self hating sizeist is what I am. Oh my gosh, the insanity! Again, man, I I tend to think of it as good news as people are waking up to this stuff. How nuts it all really is. <laughs> the wheel of whatever. The wheel, the power wheel, and control wheel. Gotcha. Okay. And learn these if you practice any of them. Mm -hmm. And then, no, if we don't watch it, these people in 15 years are going to be running the country. They will be. That's the frightening part. And that's when it falls apart. Oh, buddy. Okay. News update and Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead right here. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, off today. We'll be back on Monday. You okay, David? It's going to take a while, isn't it? It is. It, wrapping my head around this. So, I Martha's Vineyard just deported all of its illegal immigrants, and they're being applauded for it. That's what happens when you have that much money and that much power. You <laughs> control the networks. You control the message. So they heroically came together to treat migrants with <laughs> compassion, offered them a good meal, and then said, get them out. Get out. Then they called the cops on them and got them out. They yes. carried these people. Yes, they, they did. They, just, they called the National Guard to get these migrants off of Martha's Vineyard. 
And yes. they're saying we don't have the resources. Martha's Vineyard, which accommodates an extra 180,000 or whatever it is every summer, can't accommodate 48 brown people. Diversity makes us stronger. Right. For a day. <laughs> For a day. Boy, you know, someone's going to write a memoir about this, right? This, ex- this harrowing experience with these brave people. Oh, you know what it is? They got a new theme song. It's the Bowie Classic. We could be heroes just for one day. Just for one day, yes. That's all it takes. <laughs> and with that, we go to Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. We'll do a quick rundown of Nimrod's in the news. Guy in Michigan charged with breaking into a convenience store to steal scratch-off lottery tickets. You wouldn't dare go back to the same place if you redeemed. No. Yes, he, yes, he did. Oh, gosh. And was arrested. It was a $100 scratcher. Um, and then a reality star who makes moonshine was just arrested for uh, making moonshine. I hope they have all of the fentanyl covered in that county. And that's Nimrod's in the news.